was a self-described self-help junkie. Searching for answers in books and seminars and retreats and gurus and nothing worked. Nothing made my life perceivably different. And then I woke up. I realized the journey to my best life wasn't in some five-step program. It was inside of me, right here, right now. The Last Self-Help Podcast is a guide to tap you into your highest self, your inner being, where all the guidance and direction and understanding awaits. Join us to find the guru in you. My name is Ray. And I'm Debbie Ann. We're not your gurus, but this is The Last Self-Help Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Last Self-Help Podcast with your host, Ray and Debbie Ann. Good to be with you. If many of you have listened to the podcast before, you'll see that uh, we've rebranded. Branding, big word. We are retitling the podcast and taking some new direction. And Debbie Ann DeRose, who many of you are familiar with as a co-host to Everyday Attraction, is joining me to launch the last self-help podcast. And woohoo! Woo-hoo. We'll also simultaneously be writing the last self-help book as a as an accompaniment. Oh, I, that word is the worst. Accompaniment? Can you say that word for me? <laughs> Accompaniment. There it is. Accompaniment. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the podcast. And uh, Debbie Ann and I have really been uh, in podcasting around podcasting for a long time. And we're, we're excited to, uh, to jump in when this, this first episode of, of the new podcast, the last self-help podcast. And, and we thought what would be fun is to jump in with some questions. And, but before I do that, I want to just take a minute. Some of you are new to the podcast. Others of you have been listening for the what five plus years that we've been publishing what was Everyday Attraction on Unity Online Radio and other channels. So for those who might be clicking in to us for the first time, uh, my name is Ray Zander. You might see me as Ray Zander Palermo, depending on where you, where you look. And I have been into new thought for probably over 20 years now. I think that my acceleration of new thought teaching and really living these principles came with my introduction to Abraham and other channels that have been greatly influenced into my experience of new thought. And um, I'm really in a, te- a teacher and an inspirer and uh, just love to be in this conversation about manifesting, being powerful in the world. And uh, it is my great joy to talk about metaphysics and how to really hack this life. <laughs> mm. I'm into hacks. Debbie Ann, do you want to say a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I'm honored to be here and be part of the conversation because uh, this stuff it can get really heady. It's important for us to get it out of our heads, through our mouths, and talk to each other about it and work it out. I've been into this stuff, meaning new thought, for honestly 35 years, since I was a teenager. (laughs) Wow, I'm getting old. (laughs) But that's not to say that I'm perfect at it or some kind of guru, you know, because we all fall off the wagon at times or jump off the wagon at times, (laughs) and then we get back on and realize, oh, 
I swerved. I got, you know, I got away from what I knew was right. I went into muggle land, as as uh, Jeanette Ma likes to say, our friend Jeanette. So we're exploring and we're here to help each other. And you, of course, our dear listeners. Wonderful. It's exciting to really jump into sort of a fresh new topic for 2020. I don't know, there's something exciting about a new decade. And 2020 just sounds so future, doesn't it? Sounds so ahead. I love it. I love it. So let's let's jump in. So what we thought we'd do is we have a bunch of questions that we're going to ask each other. And our hope for this first episode is that answering these questions will just give you a deeper dive into what we're up to for this podcast and, uh, and why you want to tune in every week as we roll them out. So, all right, Debian, you want to start? Yeah. And I encourage you listening to ask yourself these questions and what you think about them. We're just going to have fun with them and just kind of see if we're on the same page with you. <laughs> or we'll get there. <laughs> so the first question might be on everyone's mind. What's with the name, The Last Self-Help Podcast? Does that mean we're dissing self-help? Are we against it? Is self-help wrong, Ray? You know, it's a really good question. And having been a, a buyer of self-help books, I, I know from whence I come. <laughs> Probably have spent thousands and thousands of dollars on self-help books And what had occurred to me in this last handful of years is that the fundamental issue with self-help as it presents itself in the world is it encourages you to look outside of yourself, to, you know, listen to this person's five points and follow this procedure, follow this system. And I just felt what was upside down about that is that truly what we want to do is turn inward to our wise self, our divine self, our true self, our whole self. There's so many words for it. But I really believe in my core that the answers live within us. But the challenge is how to get to the wise one, the guru within, the guru in you, so that you're not acting and behaving off of beliefs or limited beliefs or old patterns that are really not connecting in to your true self. So I thought about the last self-help book because really there's no need to look outside for your answers. You can be inspired by others, of course, but ultimately your fingerprint is so unique as a divine physical expression No one really can tell you what's best for you. That is an intimate dance between you and your inner being, this thing we call inner being, which we'll talk more about. But it's it's, it's easier easier said than done. So part of what the last self-help book and podcast will do is give us options and ways that we can do this internal journey that feels right to us because there's no one way. There's no cookie cutter way, which is why if anybody tells you this is the only way, it's definitely a flag on the play, right? Right. So we hope to launch into this journey and really explore the many ways that we can get connected with the wise self and really know in every situation, whether it be a small, tiny pivot to really big decisions, exactly what's right for us. And that's why this is the last self-help podcast. This is the last self-help book because all the answers are living in you. Right on. Awesome. (laughs) 
you have a question for me? I do. So what is, you know, does self-help to you, is there something intrinsically wrong or, you know, do we really need to be fixed or healed? I guess that's kind of the, the ultimate question. That's an excellent question. Yeah. And it's kind of a bad name in a way, self-help, because help implies help. I need help. <laughs> and the need is in there, right? But it's not really true. I mean, everyone listening, you are perfect the way you are. You're an expression of divinity, I say. And it's not that, and the way that you go about looking at this material makes all the difference. So if you're feeling like something's broken, then you're going to find people who are like, oh, I'll give you a solution. You know, they, you might get hoodwinked, you might get bamboozled, <laughs> but you're going to keep looking outside yourself. But if you're looking at it not like something's wrong or needs healing or fixing, but just look at it this way. I want to explore more of my true self. I want to peel back some layers. I want to just explore and learn more. That's why I like personal growth as a term better than self-help usually, because it's, it's more accurate. You know, you're always growing, learning things, new things about yourself because yourself is this giant non-physical entity really. And we're only a little piece of it as physical beings. So I encourage everyone to not think that they need healing or fixing ever and just think of it as a, a tool for discovery and be curious. Yeah, that's a really good answer. And I, I think just as you were saying that, I mean, just look at the sort of metaphysics. We'll talk about the, you know, the vibration under the thought or the understanding, just self-help you know, the fact that there is this kind of misunderstanding that there is this one self, which is also something we'll get into. Um, also, that there is any help that is needed once we're connected. But also even the word need, as soon as you identify something, here's the, here's the kind of catch-22 with metaphysics, is that problems are identified within consciousness and then they outpicture themselves and we'll get into some teachers who have some really interesting tips and tricks on how to stop out picturing what you don't want. Right. You know, the conundrum with need is that this is a reflecting pool, right? We're broadcasting and then the universe is saying yes to the, the vibration. So if we are needy in any way, whether it be money or relationship or health, what we're saying to the universe is, I don't have this. I don't have this. I don't have this. And then the universe reflects back and says, you're right you're right. You're right. So really what we're doing is flipping the conversation to be about expansion. You don't need to be fixed. Everything that is quote unquote wrong with you is very, very right on the metaphysical. And you may say, yeah, but I have all these problems, right? <laughs> right on. And, you know, I mentioned that we are these ultimate divine beings, but I thought we should say, well, what does that mean? What, what does it mean to you, Ray, to be divine? What is divinity? It's really a good question because I think we're we're very layered beings. You know, we we have layers to us. We've got the physical, which we've been told by so many speech, um, so many great teachers, both Eastern and Western, that the physical is a very very small part of our total experience. Right? We're we're way beyond that, and that some of these. Teachers have even said that, you know, a very, very small percentage of us overall is in this physical experience. But then beyond the physical experience, 
we have sort of the mental, psychological experience. That's what is going on in our minds, our thoughts, and our feelings, the emotional body. And then beyond that, we've got this groundlessness, this observer, this ability to watch the different layers, to watch the physical, to watch the psychological. And therein lies the divine flag, the tip that there is something more going on here than we understand, and that there is a part of us that has never been hurt or damaged or made a mistake. It is a large part of us that is having um, a small experience on this earth plane, but is involved in a lot of other realities and experiences and is not alone. See, I think that our divinity is is really where we get into this idea that we are surrounded by non-physical support. And that is because we're part of this whole vibration. And, you know, when anyone kind of asks me about this question and goes, well, you know, how can you prove that they we've got this sort of outer spiritual divine nature? Well, I kind of say, look at the blue marble. I mean, we're living on this planet spinning thousands of miles an hour and we're sticking to it and we've got this whole experience. Truly something else has to be keeping it all together. I mean, the planets are in this perfect proximity and someone even would go to say, if you really want to get into the, you know, the quantum part of this, that uh, the whole reality is actually happening inside this experience. So I won't go too Star Trek on you, but I do think the, holo- the, the holodeck is probably mm-hmm. more reality. But, right. the, you know, there's clearly a higher yeah. consciousness that is orchestrating. Well, it's, it's clear to you and I, uh, but I think people are always going to filter what they hear through their beliefs. So you can't really prove anything to anyone, <laughs> you know, because their beliefs will reject it if they're firm enough. Um, but we're speaking to those out there who suspect that these things are true or they know it deep down inside and they like to have a reminder about it and they like to have a conversation about it because mainstream society doesn't always acknowledge these things. So like, for example, the law of attraction, the idea that what you put out is what you get back, right? Your thoughts affect your reality. How can you prove that? Can you prove that, Ray? (laughs) (laughs) Give me a second. (laughs) Yeah, I think, you know, Abraham talks about us being sort of a two-headed monster where we are, you know, an inner being, of light and love. We talk about the vibration of love that's very serious and very profound and strong. And, you know, love is not in this context a, a soft, you know, buttery Valentine's Day card. <laughs> love is the very orchestration that brings worlds into development. So when we talk about these different levels of our consciousness and, and our experience, it, it really is kind of looking at the the lower, smaller you and the higher, bigger Y-O-U. But none of it can be proven except once you have an experience, no one can talk you out of it, don't you think? It's just one of those things where you 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 know it, but you can't say why. I mean, that's where the, the faith comes in. Some will say that we're sort of in a cosmic game of hide and seek where we forget who we are for the joy of remembering who we are, which sounds like a very funny game, but I kind of kind of makes me me laugh. Um, but we're going to explore in the podcast and in the book a lot of teachers and and 
um, channels, et cetera, are going to help us try to understand this relationship. So, so Debian, I think we answered the question, like, do you believe that something's wrong with you? I think we got pretty clear on that. But I had a question, you know, do you believe that we exist in many dimensions? We're going to talk about Bashar. We're going to talk about Abraham and some of these channels that are very clear about the fact that you exist in many dimensions. What do you, what do you make of all that? Well, I don't believe that we exist in many dimensions. I know that we do because of my personal experiences, but I can't talk anyone else into that. But I think most people, if they reflect, they'll realize that it's just a, a language. You know, everybody's had some kind of a psychic phenomenon, even the most straight-laced people. <laughs> so it's just a matter of how you um, explain that to yourself. What's always funny, we're going to talk about death a little later, but, you know, people who believe there is nothing beyond the physical, they're always surprised when they die. <laughs> and I've been to those realms where the, they're hanging out, not knowing what to make of it, because <laughs> I've had these crazy experiences at the Monroe Institute with astral travel and just be, becoming something else energetically. So I know firsthand that we're so much more. And I think it, you're right about the hide and seek game. It's That's pretty much it. And um, there's that bigger part of us that knows everything, but we're like the man on the ground, so to speak, you know, that we don't get all the information. We just get little bits as, as needed. And sometimes it's really frustrating because we feel like we don't get the memo. We don't know why we're doing something, why we're being asked to do something. And, but apparently we signed up to play this game. So if we can kind of get into a sporting attitude, it makes it easier on us than getting upset about not knowing. You know what I mean? I do. I do. And I think it's interesting. And, you know, we, we've heard a lot in, in the last decade about this thing called law of attraction and, you know, how we're, how we're existing in this reality and how we're creating it. So I know that for me, even though I love to hear about these multiple multiple dimensions, and I do not restrict myself from experiencing that, but unlike you, I haven't had um, that kind of proof. Although I've talked to people, I mean, people that I've I've known and and feel like they're really real and are really coming from truth, like you, who've had these experiences. Well, you've also you've gone to a past life under hypnosis too. Yes, definitely. That's another dimension. <laughs> definitely, and and that's kind of an again that con kind of quantum idea too that we are existing and that time and space is really all at the you know at the same moment. So we want to delve into these these topics and make them applicable and real and understandable as, again, this journey to the truth of who you are and the, and the realness of who you are on that sort of uh, larger scale. But, you know, I can't really prove law of attraction, although I'm bulletproof on it, because I can look around and I can see how things have shown up based on my belief systems and belief, and based on my thought vibrations. And, and I'm understanding quantum physics a little bit more in, in how, you know, reality actually shows up. But I do want to say that I've, I've come to the understanding in recent times, because we're always evolving, that rather than attracting anything, I'm beginning to understand that really it's the law of, of, of revelation, of being re revealed, because everything that you are wanting is already existing in some way, shape, or form. Now we go back to sort of a core Abraham understanding of creation here, the ask and it is given um, system, where you know 
we ask and it is given, and then we have to vibrate to the match of that reality in order for it to come into the see, taste, touch, um, hear level of, of consciousness. Um, so my thinking is actually that we're not really attracting in that sense. We're just matching and revealing and having revelations about what's already here. And, and I really love that because it also releases the need for me to work so hard to create, which is something I think in my earlier LOA days, and I don't know if you can relate to this, Debbie Ann, where I was just working really hard to make what I want happen. And at some point there's sort of an LOA exhaustion that comes in, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, we're conditioned that way, you know, to work hard. That's a belief system. We'll address that stuff later. Yeah. But it, yeah, it, it all exists. And I, I look at the attraction idea as just, it's just simply a metaphor. Like if it's fun for you to imagine like magnets, you know, pulling things, moving things in, that's cool. It's just um, a gag or a metaphor. <laughs> and um, yeah, everything does exist, but our vibration unlocks it or allows it to show up in our reality frame. It's kind of like it's it's on stage behind the curtains. And when, when our minds are aligned and our emotions and our bodies, then the curtains open and there it is revealed, right? Yeah. I, I, but I do want to talk about sort of the dark side of LOA for a minute. Ooh, yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> I also That's like juicy. to call it, yeah, like metaphysical malpractice. And I've seen it. I mean, Debbie Ann and I ha have been in this business a long time, quote unquote business, where we've taught a lot of people and we've been, in, you know, in coaching and supporting roles with people. And oftentimes it'll break my heart, the amount of suffering that can come through the frustration of, oh, I'm not making it happen. Or something has happened in my life that's the opposite of what I was attracting, like a cancer diagnosis or some other illness, or maybe a relationship breakup or a job loss. And, and so, and then there's kind of this beating up of oneself, like, oh, I didn't vision hard enough. I didn't do my mantras. I didn't meditate long enough. And, and I just kind of call bullshit on all that stuff. Um, I think that there obviously is a co-creative environment here where we are participating in our reality. But I do want to call out the fact that there is something beyond us and we can call it the divine, we can call it the higher self that really has a bigger picture of this life plan, this experience. And a lot of the contrast, yes, you can create crap for yourself, no doubt about it. If you are negative nanny and you are constantly talking about limitation, it will show up for you. But that doesn't necessarily mean that sometimes the contrast that shows up isn't serving you, even though you didn't create it. So I, I just kind of want to clarify that and bring it out that yes, we do participate in our real in our unfolding. But there's also things that happen that are for our good, and they may look like a disaster on the surface, but we almost have to hold our judgment, don't you think? Yeah, and that's what I mean about feeling like I didn't get the memo from my higher self or soul or oversoul, whatever words <laughs> you want to use, source, God, because we don't always know as humans what's going on. And definitely, I think it's, I think it's really terrible to 
anybody's encouraging, you know, self-blame or beating oneself up, that's, that's never a good idea. You know, at the very least, you can just learn from it. I mean, I, years ago, I created a car accident and I knew how I created it. I said, oh shit, I know what happened here. (laughs) I can't say it just happened to me. I realized how I created it, but yeah, there've been things I wanted to create and didn't and later realized, oh, I'm so glad that didn't show up. (laughs) That was for my good. Right. And and Abraham says even now, and this is sort of new information they're revealing that that your inner being high self, again, we'll have a lot of terms for this, whatever, you know, floats your boat, please use, is guiding you right into it, you know, the contrast. We call the contrast, otherwise known as the shitstorm, <laughs> in order for you to expand. And I think sometimes we judge too early. Um, I know very aligned people, very connected people who have manifested some big physical conditions um, that they did not want, who've manifested some disastrous relationships, but they have a way of just staying connected through it and really gleaning the benefits to their expansion. And I love that. And Abraham talks about that in the creative process that we just don't lose our minds and we don't lose our center when things go terribly wrong on the physical. Um, I've been recently reading the Conscious Parent book and the author, who's this amazing Indian woman, talks about the groundlessness of our being. And I think we, you know, there's a part of us that needs to just get comfortable with the not knowing, but knowing that know that we're fully capable of managing anything that shows up and there's a pony in there somewhere as our friend Jerry Hicks like to say right i think if we can learn to not judge things so much we'll be happier because we don't have all the information like let's say there's a child who gets a fatal illness and dies young. And most people would say, oh, that's terrible. It's so tragic. And it is really rough on the family. But as a soul, we don't know that that person didn't do it to bring the family together, a co-creation with the others who didn't die. There's a lot going on here that is not straight up revealed in the secret, for example. So yeah, it's a vibrational world, but there are vibrations that we may not be aware of (laughs) or reasons for things. So yeah, we're happier if we let go of the judging. (laughs) Yeah. Ray, I wanted to ask you about, you know, the the role of feelings and emotions in this attracting or um, revelatory (laughs) process. (laughs) Yeah, I think, um, you know, one of the things I want to say too is, is the eternalness of our nature. And I think sometimes we do kind of tragically get into this feeling of focusing on one experience or lifetime. And I just kind of want to continue to lean back into this eternal nature of who we are, thousands and thousands of lifetimes, perhaps. And what I love about feelings and emotions in this experience, because it might be different in others, but we really were given a roadmap And that map is called feelings and emotions and thoughts. They kind of all kind of work together. And we've really gotten this from, you know, the metaphysical horse's mouth of Esther Hicks 
as she channels Abraham. And many of you who have been listening to the show are very familiar with channels. It's very simple. It's not spooky. They just open up their consciousness enough or actually lower their lower mind enough where um, their broader self can come through and speak. And Esther Hicks is a master of that. And and it's it's quite beautiful, the map, because basically source energy said, all right, I'm going to send you to this planet but I'm, I'm going to have this lifeline coming back to you. And, and it's going to be this emotional connection, these feelings. And when you're feeling good, when you're feeling joyful and happy and aligned, that's us speaking to you saying, yes, yes, yes. When you're feeling down, depressed, sad, powerless, depressed, you know, with the, what we call the lower vibing emotions, angry, good one. Um, that's the communication that we've, our thoughts have veered away from the truth of who we are and what the high self knows about us. And so what I love about this, and, and we'll explain this more, so don't worry if you kind of don't get it on the first go round, is that when you have a negative emotion, it is proof of your inner being because your inner being is holding the high note, the knowing, the truth, the upper um, register of emotion. So the fact that you're having a low emotion is is the exact, uh, because you have uh, an inner being holding the highlight, you have the experience of negative emotion because it is the other side of the stick, so to speak, of the truth. Um, and when you have an, a sort of negative or lower ebbing emotion, you basically have veered from your higher self's knowing about the situation or the circumstance or how you can be thinking about it. So I love negative emotions because they they really stop me in my tracks and they say, wow, I, they, I say to myself, how is my inner being viewing this? And if you've you know, done some work around connecting, you immediately see that your perspective is really limited in scope and that there is a, a higher vibing reaction and, and experience you could be having. What about you, you know, Debbie, how do you use your feelings and emotions, let's say on a daily basis to be your guide? Well, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. I, I, I think they're a messenger, but I think it's also important not to sweep anything under the rug because just by saying that, knowing, oh, it, you know, negative emotion is a gap between my perspective and my higher self's perspective. That's information, but I don't want to um, just gloss over it and artificially, <laughs> you know, put myself into another state. I want to learn from it. I want to go, why do I feel this way? Like if I'm angry, that's related to powerlessness. You know, so I have a belief to look at. I've got some belief sleuthing to do when I feel these feelings. So um, I definitely want to make use of them because, you know, if you sweep anything under the rug and just stick that happy face sticker over the top of it, it's still going to be there. <laughs> it's not going away. You sweep it under the rug, it's a lump under the rug and you trip over it another day, right? <laughs> Yeah. And you really miss the juice because the juice is in those contrasts, those negative emotions. That's the door to your freedom. You don't want to cover them over because that is the doorway to the next expansive self. And we'll, we'll talk a lot about how to do that. And we'll give, you know, real, real world examples in our own lives and others that, you know, when you have a negative emotion, it's, it's an, it's a fabulous, rich field of understanding, but it's, it's just important to know there's really nothing at stake. You know, your, your high self, true self is always holding what you want. And there's another ship and there's another ship. You can't get it wrong. 
um, and you never get it done, which is a, which is a classic Abraham uh, feeling. We're going to talk a lot about different channels. I have my faves. Um, Debbie Ann has her faves. And we're going to really explore this work that's being done through these gifted beings. And it's really fun. And you can channel too. And I think we all channel in some way, shape or form, but sometimes there may be beliefs you know, in the way. So Debbie, let me ask you this. I mean, do you believe that we have the right or is it our, our birthright to be happy and abundant? Is that really the game? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I think it's a very personal question. I want to ask it to all listeners, ask yourselves, do you believe you're, you have the right to be happy? Because that underlines everything. You know, what is this self-improvement thing or personal growth? It's because you want more out of life. You want to expand. You want to be happy and abundant and healthy and all of that good stuff, right? And a lot of people, um, I find that they have a belief that's sort of unexamined because they're so so loving, so heart-based, and they see other people suffering in the world, and they think, well, how can I be happy? How can I be abundant when these other people are not? And I just think it's such a beautiful thing to feel that deeply for others. But at the same time, you have to ask yourself, do you have the right? And I say you do. <laughs> I say you do. And I say that you, um, you're not actually helping anyone by holding back and not being happy and abundant. You can do a lot more good in the world when you are happy and abundant and healthy and all that. So ask yourself um, if that's a belief that you got somewhere along the way. And uh, do you want to eliminate that belief and step into more havingness, as I like to say? So that's a deep question. You don't have to answer right now, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do agree. I mean, there's, I think one of the things that we want to keep talking to is and it's abundant pie. It's, it's an unlimited pie of abundance. You're so free. You can choose bondage. You're so free. You can choose to see lack and limitation. So we just want to kind of keep going back to the metaphysical on this, that if you want to be happy and abundant, great, you can have that without um, depriving anyone of their good. But also if this is your lifetime where you're just going to be an angry schmuck, oh, well, that's okay. <laughs> that's cool too. <laughs> I mean, it's cool. We don't want to change anybody that doesn't want to be changed. I think that's something as teachers at Debbie Ann and I have really come to. It's like, hey, good for you. Be a step one or as Abraham says, just ask and ask and ask. And maybe this is your lifetime to just ask or, you know, that sister-in-law or mother-in-law or son or whoever that is in your life who's never going to get this, just let it be. You know, it's it's not for us to go around and, and just convince people that they have to be happy and abundant. And I mean, this sort of kind of, you know, makes my skin crawl when we try to force each other to have experiences. You know, um, when, when you get this stuff at a cellular level, you really come to peace with where everybody is and you bless them where they are. And you see that there's expansion happening even in the darkest of experiences. That's right. That's called compassion. And it's a beautiful thing. It is. It's important. And I know I was in those weird places before too, and my understanding was very limited as when I was younger. When you say it's an unlimited pie, it just reminds me because I actually did a master's degree in economics. So I got brainwashed with the, <laughs> the limitation and scarcity <laughs> programming. <laughs> well, you know, I, I signed up for it, but so I had to really, I had to take that apart and 
consciously examine all those um, assumptions that we all kind of are affected by in the world, especially with regard to money and abundance that way. Wow. That's a big set of beliefs to dismantle. (laughs) Mm, Amen, sister. Amen. Oh, and speaking of beliefs, what do you make of beliefs? What's the importance of beliefs or what are beliefs to you? I have been having some major ahas and I can't wait to share a lot of these on the show as we, as we dive more into the beliefs. And we're going to really share some incredible systems of dismantling beliefs. So remember how we talked about there's the physical, there's the psychological, and then the spiritual level. What I recently realized, and maybe you all knew this already, but beliefs kind of live in the psychological level, but it's important because the psychological level can withhold us from really going to that deeper spiritual side. And that's part of that internal journey. So I do believe that beliefs matter because they add static, they add chaos, they add confusion to that pure knowing, to that inward journey where your inner being is saying, go this way, go that way, say yes, say no. So I like to dismantle beliefs. And, and one of the systems we're going to talk about uh, really delve into the fact that a lot of these beliefs just got picked up from like zero to six years old. And it's important to kind of go back and look at them and start to dismantle them, to take them apart, to see how they really are not true. And um, we're going to talk about the subconscious mind quite a bit because we do live in this psychological plane. And I don't think you can leapfrog over it. Um, it's important that we spend time and care Uh, looking at our beliefs, because remember, beliefs are basically a recipe of vibration. And so the world cannot show up differently than the vibrational recipe of your beliefs. And if those beliefs are not serving you anymore, of course, there's great beliefs. Let's not just remember, they're not all negative, right? I believe the the sun's going to come up tomorrow. That's a great belief. Right. And it's, but all beliefs are limiting. It's just that that's not limiting in a way that is detrimental to your life. Because if you believe the sun's going to come up, that means the sun can't not come up. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Right. And I I don't want us to be afraid of beliefs, but I do think that we have, you know, especially in the spiritual community, not really, in my humble opinion, paid enough attention to the psychological realm. And that's why even though people have a lot of mountaintop experiences and they meditate and they pray and, you know, they're still holding and experiencing and outpicturing some limitations. But I think once you get a hold of some of these, and, and they're really not that many that are so negative. And there's a way and a path and a journey to start to unplug their effectiveness. I do want to say one thing too, that um, Abraham shares with us a lot, that if your desire is bigger than your beliefs, you can leapfrog them. There are ways to leapfrog it, but I think it's more interesting to dismantle them so that they just don't get in your way of aligning with your high self, your higher knowing, that infinite wisdom that's always knocking on your inner knowing. So that's kind of where we'll talk about beliefs. And so, you know, that kind of uh, kind of wraps up as we start to, to come to the close of this episode one, sort of this primer episode for the last self-help podcast and book. Debian, do you believe that all these experiences are valid and that, and that is this all purpose-driven or is it just some sort of cosmic joke? <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends on what day you ask me. In, right? theory, in theory, I know that everything has a purpose, but as a human, <laughs> sometimes I think I get really testy. You know, it is a cosmic joke. So I'm just keeping it real. I know a lot of people can relate to that. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend I'm some a holier than thou being. <laughs> I'm a real person. So yeah, but that let's, you know, comb through that together. And um, when we have conversations like this, then we can make sense of things that don't necessarily make sense initially. 
Excellent. Yeah, I think we need to keep serving that up. And again, taking a broader view. I'm always a big fan of a more generalized view of, of what we're here to do and, and experience. And, you know, I think the, the big question, too, is is this idea that, you know, after we've lived here, you know, this experience, a lot of people, there's a lot of suffering that is around this idea of what's next and is there life after death? And and, you know, I'm pretty bulletproof on this too, although I couldn't give you a scientific experiment that proved it. There's a lot of information out there. But the reason I think that we continue to move on and that we're so uh, unnecessarily suffering when our loved ones die, not that there isn't legitimate mourning because the physical is delicious and it's hard to imagine you're never going to see that particular body um, animated in the way that you're used to. So I don't want to gloss over the grief, but I do think we take it a little too far where we forget that 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 person, that spirit, that soul that we know is our mother, father, brother, sister, son is still very much alive and very much engaged in this experience. And a lot of this information is again coming through Abraham as she has a very rich and lovely relationship with her beloved who passed and transitioned. Um, But I do think that we need to lighten up about this. I mean, I kind of want to be, you know, go all the way. And Abraham says that every death is a suicide. So every way that everyone is going is actually at, at their high, high level, a choice to move in and out of this physical experience. And I just want to unplug a lot of the stigma that we've attached to it. And the reason we feel so bad oftentimes with death is because we're looking at it as an ending, a be all ending. And really it's you know, not even a temporary separation if you want to connect on that broader level. But even if you can't say, you know, channel your your dead mother, it's okay um, because you're going to experience her again when you transition. So I, I just want to keep coming back to that life after death thing because I do think it's, it's important to unplug from this uh, the unnecessary suffering. And, you know, as we wrap up, you know, why are we doing this? Why are we having these long conversations about physical and med- metaphysical? And Debbie Ann, I'll ask you this question. I know for me, I really enjoy re- seeing people get relief from suffering. That brings me a lot of joy. I feel like I get this stuff easily and that I'm able to communicate it in a way that can bring more joy, more fun. And that, you know, yeah, we've really come to play. And Ultimately, the energy that I hold with all this is that all is truly well at sort of the depth of this, and we want to continue to hold on to that. So as we as we kind of conclude this episode, Debbie Ann, why, why do you teach this? Why do you love this? And what what's in it for you? <laughs> That's a good question. I guess, you know, if it's fun, it's fun. I'm in it for the fun. And whatever comes of it will come of it. I don't want to hold on to anything. I don't really have any particular goals. (laughs) It's just doing this fun podcast with my friend Ray and it'll be fun when we get to talk to different people and bring different perspectives in. I think we all go through these phases where we're on board with it or we go away from it and go, I don't know if this is working, you know, because we're, we're living in this physical world with all the muggle beliefs and, (laughs) you know, we've, sometimes question it. And I just feel like the more we talk to one another, the better it is. We get it out in the air and we, we feel better. We get it off our chest and into the conversation. So I think it's really healing and helpful. It's very uplifting. But, you know, one thing we 
we still have to ask Ray, is this a cult? (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite question. I do believe this is a cult. Send your money to. (laughs) We we weren't supposed to reveal that, but since you asked why I'm in it, you know, by, by the time we get to episode eight, yes, listeners, you will be signing over the deed to your house to us. No, just kidding. (laughs) Well, what is a cult? I mean, do you know, do you have a good definition of one that, which would prove us not bad? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, the dictionary says it, it's based on the teachings of one person. So we're already good because we're covering a lot of different teachings. We're all over the place and we're not out to manipulate or overpower anybody, which is what creepy cults do. (laughs) And we just really want to empower people and to look within, not to look to uh, gurus and authorities to kind of, you know, transcend all that. The idea that certain people are more evolved than you or more enlightened than you. I think it's time for that era to fade away, don't you? Amen. And, you know, we, we're going to talk to a lot of different teachers and experts and channels. And I mean, that's part of the fun. But all of these people are here to inspire, but not to replace. And they're also, they're going to, you're going to experience vibrational lift from these teachers, which just means that you have more capacity to lift yourself. And it's always going to come back to, this is about your enlightenment. This is about your evolved spiritual experience. And other teachers can participate, but they're not really going to do it for you. And, and there's not one way. And I think that's part of the fun we're going to have on this podcast is that we're going to explore different ways. And you're going to, you're going to find yourself vibrating and excited about one system versus another or one channel versus another. And that's really what we want to follow is your excitement. Your greatest excitement is leading you and everything you want is going to be absolutely laid at your feet as you say yes to your passion, to your true Um, knowing and wanting of what you want to do here. So with that, we thank you again for listening to episode one of the last self-help podcast and book. And we look forward to connecting with you next time. And we'll figure out what our catchphrase is. I don't know what it is yet. Right now, what's coming up for me is all is truly well. Nice. And everyone listening, have a magical day. See you next time. Thank you for listening to The Last Self-Help Podcast with your hosts, Ray and Debbie Ann. For more information about the podcast and Last Self-Help events, check out our website, lastselfhelp.com. And follow us at Last Self-Help. Our theme music was composed by Nina Pollock.